Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for joining our webcast today. As you know, the Association of Value-Based Cancer Care is responsible for information and dialogue in our ecosystem across all stakeholder groups. This ensures that patients will win on access and quality. We need to constantly improve and change our tactics and our deliverables in cancer care. This is why we hold these webcasts. This is why you're dialing in. We have key opinion leaders, the influencers, the important decision makers who are driving change in our ecosystem. Please join us, participate, ask questions, and offer your voice too. It's hugely important. So thank you for joining. We look forward to participating with you more. Stay safe. Thank you. We had a uh, very interesting and engaged discussion this morning with four leaders in the commercial healthcare space. We sought to, if you will, do an interim analysis of how things are going from the payer perspective. We focused on three topics, telehealth, alternate site of service for infusions, and sort of the future of public health and commercial payers as they relate to oncology. We had a nice panel. We had a nice heterogeneous perspective, including Dr. Brian Loy from Humana, Dr. Lee Newcomer, who spent many years at United, Dr. Steve Peskin from Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Dr. Michael Sherman from Harvard Pilgrim. We had two national payers, and we had two large dominant regional payers. And the first observation I'll make is that they're more alike than they are different. I don't mean that they're more alike in terms of what they do on a day-to-day -day basis or how their health plans make more global decisions, but I would say that their experiences around COVID have been uh, fairly comparable. It has been a challenging time for oncologists and it has been a challenging time for payers. So we talked about telehealth. And as many of the listeners know, telehealth is not a new idea, but telehealth really became a major mechanism for delivering healthcare during the pandemic. And by most accounts, both providers as well as patients, they've liked it. Now, I'll interject that we don't really know very well in terms of patient clinical outcomes whether we've lost anything with telehealth. I mean, there's just no doubt that if you just think about it dispassionately, there are some things that just don't, you don't do very well with telehealth. Lee Newcomer gave an anecdote during this pandemic where he had basically a ruptured eardrum and an attempt to manage it via telehealth was, uh, let's just call it unsuccessful. So there are things that are good and things that are bad. Right now, what's getting a lot of discussion is uh, the reimbursement. As our listeners know, both the federal government, CMS particularly, as well as commercial payers have tremendously loosened the restrictions on telehealth utilization and improved reimbursement so that it is at parity with office visits. Now, the question is whether or not that's going to continue. And so we had a nice discussion about that. I think, I would say that the general consensus is that until we see the end, or at least some modification of this course of this pandemic, that the parity will continue. But I think most of us feel, whether it be right or wrong, that telehealth visits probably are going to be reimbursed at a lower level. Now, I know that makes some people very angry, but I think 
honestly, and, and I don't have a dog in this fight, that the way that we determine how much we pay for healthcare is usually some sort of objective measure of both the uh, physician work and the overhead associated with delivering that care, the so-called office component. And I think it's just true that doing a telehealth visit does not have the same overhead structure as having an office visit. And so if we only, if we only reconfigure pricing to reflect the difference in the office component, the reimbursement is going to go down. I think most of our panelists agree that there's going to be a place for telehealth. I think we've learned a lot of stuff. But as foot traffic increases, I think we will better define where telehealth belongs. We also talked about alternate side of service. And I will give my panelists credit for acknowledging that, well, let's put this kindly, COVID was a convenient excuse for something that they've wanted to do all along. Uh, And as Lee Newcomer said, it really is when you get right down to it all about the dollars. It's not so much that giving home chemotherapy is cheaper than giving in an oncologist's office, all other things being equal, including the quality of care. But hospital outpatient departments are significantly more expensive for commercial payers. And shifting care from that site has been, oh gosh, it's been on their wish list for a very long time. Again, the panelists all agreed that it is likely that home infusion will continue for some medical services. Uh, Home infusion was being done for some medical services already, and that list will expand. But I think in general, home infusion for chemotherapy, I would say that our panelists were modestly skeptical. Finally, we discussed the public health consequences of COVID. There's little doubt that uh, patients are putting off medically necessary care because they're afraid. Uh, Cancer screening is way down. There's pretty good evidence that the management of heart attacks and strokes are way down. The long-term public health consequences of these decisions to delay or avoid care, they will come back to haunt us. And as uh, Dr. Loy said, and he's right, that's assuming everybody does what they were going to do later anyways. And there are going to be patients who just don't get that colonoscopy or that mammography or whatever, and that will have uh, ill effects. Uh, We closed our discussion today with a forecasting of whether or not healthcare was going to really fundamentally change. What's the future of commercial health insurance, given all the things that we've seen in the pandemic? Are we likely to see, uh, for example, a uh, resurgence of interest in single payer? And I would say that our panelists did not think that was going to be very likely, even even if it did enjoy some resurgence in the public debate, that it generally was not going to replace our current payment system and care delivery system. So with that, we closed our panel. They were very kind and gracious to give us their time. And honestly, I felt they were remarkably honest and candid, given some of the uh, controversy around some of our topics. Well, gee, that was just great today, and thank you for joining. Thank you to our faculty and our panelists. As usual, great content and the sharing of information, hugely important if we are going to improve access and the quality care that we're responsible for delivering along with change in this ecosystem. Like today, there'll be other and future webcasts. 
We cover all topics and all stakeholders. Stay tuned. Also, we post this on our website. Very important that you can dial down and share with your colleagues. So we encourage you to do that. Additionally, if any of you have any comments, send them in through our website. If anyone would like to participate in speaking or has some other ideas, please share them with us. That's our mission. Thank you for joining. Talk again.